Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. It has been months and months until we've been able to say this, but there is a new Scotland squad out um, for the Autumn Internationals for the end of the Six Nations for that random game against Georgia. But we've got 40 men meeting up with Gregor Townsend at the Orium this week. And they're going to be playing for Scotland an awful lot over the next two months to digest and discuss and debate this squad with me tonight is Alan and Matt, as ever. Alan, how are you, buddy? Chatting about pre, I'm feeling feeling good, mate. Optimistic. Well, off the back of the Scottish football team. Scottish football, Laird's won the PGA. I don't know, things are looking up for Scotland. This is the <laughs> Scottish sporting moment. It's the renaissance. We've needed it the for a long time. The 20s are going to be Scotland's decade. The roaring 20s. Yeah, the roaring very, 20s. Very much excited about that. Matt, are you, are you feeling that excitement that Alan's bringing? I mean, we've been trying to record for about an hour and a half now, but uh, hopefully this is the one that's going to take us over the line. Again, with the jinxing, it happened <laughs> yeah. on the first attempt of this, so um, <laughs> fingers crossed. We have had quite a few technical difficulties pretty much since the middle of March. You know, We've yeah. not really been particularly consistent with you, but we are coming to you again, and we're going to be with you throughout this whole um, period of loads and loads of international rugby. You can keep up with us on the podcast, of course. That's Acast, iTunes or Spotify, or wherever you get your pods, on Twitter, at Thistle Rugby Pod. On Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. Send us an email, thethistlerugby at gmail.com. But most importantly, if you want us in your inbox every week, giving you our take on Scottish rugby, you can sign up to our new newsletter. It's on Substack, Thistle Scottish Rugby Pod. Type that into Google, or you can find it on our socials and we will be talking to you about all the news in Scottish rugby in our weird and wonderful way every week and we'll just arrive in your inbox it'll be lovely you'll very much enjoy that so today's show as you might expect we're going to spend most of it talking about the 40-man squad that Gregor Townsend has um, announced today for the upcoming internationals Within that, we will probably talk a little bit about Glasgow's win against the Scarlets and Edinburgh throwing away yet another one against an Irish team, um, Munster, at the weekend. But why don't I come to you first, Matt, for just give me a 20 to 30 second top line summary of what you think of the squad that was announced today. Go. I think it's really exciting. I think you can make a, a really good, um, a really strong starting 15 out of that squad. The, it obviously is a big squad just to, due to the fact that there are a few injuries and the fact that um, you've got a lot of games coming up, which makes me slightly question a 
depth in a few areas, but overall, I think, as I say, like starting 15 looks pretty tasty. And Alan, what is your top line thought on it? Relatively unsurprising. That was kind of the thing, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. There wasn't really anything that was particularly... It was more, I think, because of the size of the squad and actually there's slightly more injuries than I initially thought. I think it was like seven, wasn't there? Yeah. So you've ended up getting like the top 47 players in Scottish rugby, <laughs> which is like more than half of all professional Scottish players. Yes, it, you do worry for the, the standard of the Edinburgh and Glasgow squads that are going to be able to go out in the coming mm. weeks. Yeah, although I imagine a large majority of these players will be will be sort of jettisoned back to back to the kind of um, Pro 14 clubs. It's um, but no, I mean, if you, it's probably more shock about who was included rather than who wasn't included. I would say, and those are plenty of debates that we will come yeah. on to have. I think you talked about the size of the squad and how they're going to manage that. Gregor Townsend had this to say on that at today's official launch. To start with, the number uh, is probably higher than we we wanted or anticipated but given that um, we have four players involved this week uh, in a European final so won't be training with us three Exeter players um, uh, won't be with us for the Georgia week because they've got an English Premiership final uh, we obviously had to balance that with, uh, with getting the right numbers for training so we can make training productive we've tracked everybody's form for, for a while players playing in England have been able to play more games than those in Scotland and in terms of our, our two pro teams, uh, Edinburgh have had more games in Glasgow. So we're looking at form, we're looking at where players are physically, uh, we're looking at what they did um, previously when they've been in a camp. And then it's about getting those discussions on what we feel is right for for this three-week period. Uh, and then there will be um, another four weeks uh, when we come together for the Autumn Nations Cup. So where should we start? As you say, Alan, this is more than sort of half of the body politic of um, Scottish rugby professionals have been named for the national side. Um, we'll start um, in the forwards. I think the one um, interesting point there is Alan Dell, a man who's been sort of in and around every Scotland squad now for probably the last five years, not included. Jamie Batty, who's really not playing a huge amount of rugby for Edinburgh and had to leave Glasgow to obviously get some game time at um, Edinburgh last year is included. Was that something that surprised you, Matt? Yeah, it was. Obviously, it's been a bit of a problem position in recent years, um, assuring by the fact that Gordy Reid was selected when he was still part of the Ayrshire Bulls going into that to that World Cup. And yeah, and, uh, yeah it's, it's, so it's clearly been a sort of problem area. I was still surprised that, that Batty got in ahead of Dell. I mean, Dell is playing admittedly for one of the weakest teams in the Premiership, but he's still getting decent enough game time. He's yeah. still playing throughout that whole period, whereas we haven't seen a lot of Jamie Batty at all, Edinburgh. Now, that's completely understandable considering he's got Schumann and Sutherland in front of him. But it, it once again just maybe shows how shallow that, that position is depth-wise. Yes, but it, I suppose um, the the big talking point in the front row is the inclusion of Ollie Kebble. Glasgow's Ollie Kebble for the first time. He's fulfilled his residency grounds. Um, he had a pretty decent game at the weekend. Alan, is that someone you're excited to see in the in the thistle? Yeah, I mean, I think actually he had a, one of his stronger games at the mm. weekend, both both in the scrum and actually both kind of around the park. Uh, interesting little fact was that uh, Kebble and Dell were both in the South Africa yeah. under-20 squad together in 2012. Really? Yeah, yeah. I hadn't actually realised that Kebble was as old as 28. Mm. So they were both 28 and both played in the same squad together. All right. Mm. Um, so it's kind of interesting that obviously Dell's dropped out just as Kebble kind of pops in. But I think probably Kebble's earned, earned that spot. I think he's, you know... Brings like a pretty dynamic. He's a pretty dynamic ball carrier, and I think I don't know. Do you think he would start? I think that Sutherland's jersey to lose yes. at the moment. Uh, but but I agree. I think actually since we've sort of had snippets of rugby, um, you know, since uh, post lockdown and everything, he's been 
arguably Glasgow's best player alongside someone like Ferguson. Yeah. I even thought in the Edinburgh games, the, the Edinburgh game, uh, which, which they lost, he was probably the, the guy that sort of fronted up the most. And yeah, as you said, at the weekend against the Scarlets, he was really impressive and seems to have just kind of stepped up when Glasgow have lost a bit of experience. No, absolutely. I think, yeah, it'd be pretty rough to take the starting shirt away from, from Sutherland after, mm. after the Six Nations. It, I think it would be, but a bit of a fall from Dell, included in the Geography 6, the Lions Tour. <laughs> oh, yeah. British and Irish yeah. Lion, yeah. Alan Dell. I think it would be a, a How weird more of a fall from Grace if he had sort of been included within a, an original Lions Tour yes. selection and not been part of the Geography 6. I am partly taking the piss. But more I, than partly, I, agree. I would say, actually. I yeah. agree. <laughs> Um, the front row, the rest of the front row selections, obviously looking fairly familiar. We'll come back to talk about hookers when we look at our start, potential starting 15 later on. The second row selected, a return for Richie Gray. Obviously now back playing his rugby in Scotland with Glasgow. He's called back up in uh, into the squad. We were talking a little bit off air. Has has Richie Gray sort of, has he struggled to you know refine that form at Glasgow or is he just not the player that he was when he left. I think he's looked broadly off the pace mm. when he's come off. I mean, he's not had much game time, right? He sort of came off the bench for only his 50th Glasgow cap at, at the weekend, which I think we were all a little bit surprised to to, to realise that he hadn't actually played mm. that many yeah. games before he left. Yeah, I guess he has been around for a, for a long time and played for a lot of different clubs. Um but you know he he has you know we we has notoriously injury prone and maybe it's just he needs a bit of game time to kind of get back up to where where he's been historically. Mm. I, I get that feeling, and if you look back to when he was playing for Toulouse in a very good Toulouse team and getting selected consistently, and that that yes. was a team that was getting through the latest later stages of the Champions Cup, you do think that with a, a bit of game time, you know he's he's once again fitting into a new system that yeah. That uh, Cummings and um, who's the other Glasgow second row? Harley. Harley, for instance, are far more used to. Yes. So you'd like to think, it, yeah, it just seems like so far he, he just hasn't quite been sort of been able to make a real mark on the games that he's played in. He has, he has also really only started one, one game for Glasgow, has he? I don't even know if he's has he started any of them. I think he started the first 1872 Cup game. Ah, got you. Can't believe you forgot that. Can't believe. <laughs> Jesus, believe biggest game it. of the season. Yeah. I know. Well, I was, I was reminded today that it's going to be 150th sequicentennial anniversary of the 1872 Cup game in only two years' time. That's going so to, it is. That's going to be the biggest occasion in rugby history. Wow. That's, that's a real anniversary. I know. You know. 150th is big. Yeah, yeah definitely. So. Very much we're, so. We're already we're putting ourselves out there. We're, we're there for the 150th. <laughs> we, we could host the dinner. Yeah, we could MC it. We're surely the first to raise a flag to say that we're counting down. Yeah, to that. <laughs> that's true. T- hey, surely we're the only people that have got that on our radar. T minus 500. You just know though, that the SU marketing department have heard this and they're like, oh, "What a great idea! Let's get that yeah. in the diary." <laughs> like, Bruce Ageson, clear your diary, lad. <laughs> We need you. We need you to MC a, a, a dinner. Get one of your blazers on, son. Exactly. Um, so we'll move into the back row where we can have a bit of a discussion. Um, relative sort of newcomers, Blade Thompson. Um, but the main um, the main story is the return of Blair Cowan, who's not played for Scotland in over four years, um, and he's kind of dropped out of that international question. Um, obviously, with the prominence of Hamish Watson, for example, mm. really making that seven shirt his own. But I think that was that was the name that when I was looking at this, that sort of, I was like, oh, what the fuck? Blair Cowan's here. And it kind of feels like he came onto the scene and left it sort of as quickly as, as he'd arrived. Yeah, yeah. He was, no one really knew, I don't think, that he was Scots qualified yeah. until Vern Cotter picked him. And that was a time when sort of, I think most Scotland fans were probably calling for Kelly Brown or Johnny Barkley to be in the team, and they weren't. But then, yeah. obviously, Cotter's left, and, and since then, Cowan has completely fallen out of favour. I, I think, uh, keeping an eye on the Premiership, you can see that he is, once again, London Irish aren't one of the, the better teams in the tournament, but he is con- a consistently high performer for that team. And I think he's like second in the Premiership for 
for turnovers. Yeah, yeah. Like, first Jack Wills is just like in a league of his own. It's, it's not really like a fair comparison, but I think he he plays consistently well for for that team. So he's not a bad option to to have there for sure. Lot, lot of speculation on Twitter today that he's been included because he's a qualified hairdresser. And they're going into a bubble for the next 10 weeks. Which is strange, because his lid is really bad. Well, it's really long. It's I don't really, know if it's really bad. Well, I, I have decided that it's really bad. <laughs> and He's going to have his, have, his, uh, have his work cut out. He'll have to take in a lot of peroxide. A lot of the Glasgow lads have got like, yeah. frosted tips, like they're in like NSYNC. <laughs> the, um, I, I, was, I, I would have maybe even been less surprised about Blair Cowan's... Um, pick if it was the six nations because it was like it's more about we have to win these games okay yeah so a short term mm. Or, mm. yeah whereas i get that they're trying to make these autumn internet i guess like the autumn nations cup kind of makes it a, mean a little bit more maybe but ultimately like no one really cares and you think that it potentially could be an opportunity to bring someone like tom gordon mm. in mm. who is now going to be the starting seven for Glasgow. And he was included in the last squad. Yeah. So he's dropped yeah. like a stone entirely out of the Scotland setup. Yeah. But then Crosby's injured as well, isn't he? Yeah. So, yes. so Crosby's you'd, on you'd the injured list. Yeah. That he would be in there. I suppose the guy who's let who's lost out in the in the back row is Magnus Bradbury, who yeah, wasn't so- listed as injured. He he did come off against the Ospreys. But wasn't listed as as injured, and they brought in Cornell Dupree. Yes, so there's obviously the um, at the bottom of the SRU press re- press release when we talk about people listed as injured, it's people that were available for selection, but uh, who would have been in contention for selection, but were injured. So on that list is Duncan Taylor, Rory Hudson, um, Kyle Stay, and Byron McGuigan, Alex Craig, who I'd totally forgotten about, mm. and um, and Crosby. So those those were the listed players. So that gives you an idea of that. That's the group of people that Gregor Townsend considered as part of this group if all bodies are fit. Mm. Mm. So yeah, Magnus Bradbury has dropped a long way. Which seems very strange. I mean, yeah. Bradbury, I think one of the gaps we will probably come on to a bit later is, is number eight. And, you know, I guess Bradbury, you look back to that Scotland England game at Twickenham, you know, he was the starting number eight. Exactly. For, yeah. for Scotland. Mm. And I don't think he's done anything sort of particularly terrible over the last sort of year and a half. I mean, I mean he maybe hasn't pushed on as much as we were sort of hoping. I think that's fair. But then you, you, you look at his replacement, which is potentially Cornel Dupria, and there's, that's a guy who really is flattered to deceive in the Scotland jersey and seemed as if he, you know, has had his chance with Scotland. Townsend's decided he's not for me. Yeah. And has got rid of him. So, it's a, yeah, it's an interesting one. Well, we can come back to number eight because there's a lot of players in there that have perhaps not fulfilled um, their promise. Mm. I mean, Matt Ferguson's still not quite broken through. Nick Haining isn't starting for Edinburgh. Mm. No. Um, all of these people that have fulfilled that jersey a lot. But um, we will come back to that. Um, we'll go through the backs. Now, um, The intre- we've spent the last pods we've been doing and everybody who's been talking about Sam Hidalgo-Klein mm. Coming back out of his um, his sort of international hiatus, he's been playing very well for Exeter in high-profile Premiership and European games, and um, it's another Merkistonian classmate, Scott <laughs> Steele, that has actually been called up mm. by Gregor Townsend. Scott Steele was at London Irish for a long time, and now he's at Quinns, if I'm right. Yeah, sort of yeah. deputising for Danny Kerr. Mm. And who's the Argentinian guy? Landaco. Landaco. Yeah. So he is sort of third choice for Quinns, you would say. I think since I think he, he was released by Irish at the end of last season and, and I think it was quite a shock to him at least and a few I think London Irish fans are pretty upset about that because he's been a yeah, consistent yeah. performer for a side that yeah. that has yo yoed, but I've always rated him, you know, reasonably highly. But I was still surprised to to see him. And yet he's he's been sort of rotated by Quinns. Yeah. And in the premiership season so far it's hard to make, you know, head or tail of who's like first choice. But uh, I think I was speaking to my brother about this today, and he he did he did make the point about Sam and Douglas Klein that most people would look really good at scrum half behind that pack. Yeah, and I just I wonder if that is slightly plays into Townsend's yeah thinking. I suppose it is a small. We're looking at a very small sample size as well for Sam and Douglas Klein. It's about five five or six games in the last three years. He's actually been playing a lot of rugby. Since he left Edinburgh, he's been bouncing around, not playing an awful lot. Mm. Yeah, 
I also wonder if it's just he's clearly potentially a bit of a disruptive personality. It seems like from the outside. I was going to say it's that. like if he's going to be your third or fourth choice scrum half, is it worth bringing someone like in that in the squad in? Probably just keep him in sort of the extra camp and just keep progressing. Whereas someone like Scott Steele probably good to kind of get that experience in for this sort of this sort of kind of um, period of time. Hmm. Well, yeah, I suppose the other people that would have been in contention, Henry Pergos, lots of Scotland caps to his name, and youngsters like Charlie Shale and Jamie Dobie, whose time will surely come. Hmm. Obviously, the number one and two slots taken by Ali Price and George Horn, which yeah. seems to be the, the natural way of things. Do you see the announcement for uh, Laidlaw in Japan? Today? I did see it. Um, on the, his face on the body of Iron Man? Yeah, seemed that way. Yeah, it definitely looked like his body was on the on Iron how, Man. How good do they think Greg Laidlaw is? Like, yeah, he's like Jonah Lomu or something. <laughs> I think about like an art. He's very rarely going to make an Iron Man like impression on a game. <laughs> you know, he might bring a sort of stability, but that's not yeah. what you would say he's doing there. I guess Iron Man's like kind of like a smart guy. I'd say he's Laidlaw's a, quite a smart player, smart maybe. operator. Yeah. So that's true. I guess I'm trying to think whether he would fit better with any of the other Avengers, and I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know the Avengers well enough to make a good. Laidlaw's good more metaphor. of a Thor. <laughs> he's definitely not he's definitely a Thor. Not well, he's more definitely of a not Thor. a Thor or a Captain we, America. We can rule out Thor. Cool. He could be a Captain America, you know. Yeah, it's kind Deeply of like. Deeply patriotic. Yeah, a bit lame. A wee bit. <laughs> a wee bit lame. He doesn't actually have any powers, he's just got like. Commitment and I mean Captain America you know. does. He's I think got, Captain America's quite a good choice. Doesn't he just Greg get like, he gets like steroids? He would definitely carry. So you're saying Laidlaw? I didn't say steroids. that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on before we get um, litigated against. Um, the fly halves, pretty much um, as you might expect. Well, Finn Russell, what are you saying, Alan? Sorry, jumping. But just before we hit on Russell, I saw. I think Jamie Lyle was saying that Jacko technically would have only been available for the last game of the... Yes. Yes. So maybe so, that got into her thinking. So that, that is interesting, I suppose, in the context. But uh, Finn has been brought in from the cold. His rehabilitation period is, uh, has been completed. Um, obviously joining Adam Hastings in there. Only two out-and-out fly-halves in the squad. No, Duncan... Duncan oh, sorry, no. Mate, the pudence... I'd like to make a formal, formal apology. a formal apology to I apologise directly to Duncan Weir. Um, I'll just send him a text. Yeah, yeah. Duncan Weir <laughs> um, is also in in there. So the three tens that were included in the last round of well, no, Weir was involved towards the tail end of the Six Nations as well. Played against France. Played mm. against France. Yeah. Not much to say about those. Nothing. It is a particular surprise. It would just be interesting to see whether Hastings retains that shirt. I'd say on on recent form, you ha- you would have to pick Russell. I mean, I think Hastings it, is going to play the first two games because of Russell's schedule, probably. Definitely the first game. Mm. So definitely Georgia in two weeks' time, and yeah. then Finn will only have been back in camp for a like week, six days. Yeah, six days post. Yeah, the if they, I mean, if Racing win the Champions Cup, all bets are off. Finn will go off grid. He's like missing a ten the day bender. <laughs> Sorry, missing the whole no, eight the, awesome the Champions Cup, Cup is is next weekend. It's Champions Cup first, then Premiership. Yes. So I actually think Russell. I mean, I don't know what he's, what he's um, how it works with sort of the French clubs because I know the French national team's been having issue with yeah. getting French players released. But yeah, you know, Russell shouldn't if he doesn't have to go back after the Champions Cup. He should be in theory be available from next week. Hmm. So it's more like the Hogs and the and the Greys will have issues for the sort of latter games. Well then, we'll just have to see. I mean, do you think Adam Hastings deserves to hold on to the shirt? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I think um, I mean obviously, hundred percent. Think he should start the Georgia game, but I think if we're sort of brutally honest, I don't think in the last sort of twelve months again, Hastings is kicked on as much as we'd, we'd hoped. I think it's still pretty clear that he's got a pretty unbelievable running game. And I think there's you know certain things on the pitch that he's he's clearly like a very talented player, but he still lacks that ability to control matches. Yeah. And I mm. don't think that's... I, if anything, it sometimes feels like it's got a little bit worse over us in these sort of recent games. I think even in the match yesterday, it was... Uh, yeah. It, it was... 
he was sort of struggling to sort of dictate the game. Yeah, it's kind of just being able to put together like a full 80-minute performance that he's... Yeah. But then at the same time, I'd say he came into the Scotland team in a very, very difficult situation. And I actually think probably played a lot better than most people thought, particularly that, that is, France game. That is very true, actually. Uh, and didn't play badly in the other games either. No. So I actually think it probably works out quite well if Russell can't play in that Georgia game because then they can put him in and the party line is he's earned the shirt, he deserves it to be his. And then it'll be like we talked about, Russell's trained really well. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be really interested to see how they message that. Yeah. Because it'll be... Exclusive, going to start exclusive interview with an exclusive interview with the SRU Hastings media team and probably. Russell, maybe. Why? I mean, I think the Six Nations game matters in so much as it is a it's a final game of a tournament that yeah. people traditionally care about. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah. do have a chance of finishing. Well, we have a chance of finishing first. We've got a good. We've got a better chance of finishing second. Yeah, we have, we have literally no chance of finishing first. I, I get mathematically we can, but it's they're looking really good. I reckon they're, gonna, <laughs> I reckon they're definitely going to turn over England and Ireland. <laughs> they could do us a favour, um, but we'll, we'll come on to the the very the permutations of all mm. the games coming up. But we'll keep working through the squad now. Um, centers, my God, there's some centers. Nick Gr- Nick Grigg, Chris Harris, Sam Johnson, Hugh Jones, James Lang. And yeah, that's all your senses. Hmm. I right, so I presume that Hugh Jones is in there as a centre, as opposed to a back three option. Although Gregor Townsend did say today that he he's liked what he's seeing there, hmm. and that Scotland don't traditionally have a lot of depth at fifteen. But yeah, I, that makes me think he's not being considered as a centre, and he'll be really yeah. That makes me. I I think it makes me think that he's definitely being considered as a centre, but. But I just I can't. He's, if I, he if he I can't look at, really come out and be like, I disagree with what Danny Wilson is doing at Glasgow. How is there any chance that Hugh Jones is starting at fifteen? I don't think he'll start at fifteen. Play at fifteen. I think he'll be a back three option. And I look at the other centres and I think that Harris and Johnson are way ahead of him. Maybe Greg isn't. To be fair, but it, it makes me think that makes me think that Hugh Jones is like in there as a utility player and not as a person that Townsend is willing to start at 13. Feels like Chris Harris is still probably nailed on at 13. Yeah. Much to everybody's <laughs> I feel people, I feel people have kind of come round to Harris now. Yeah. I think he's had a good... Like, I think he's played well for Gloucester throughout this return as well. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Not come round to... There's just not a lot of love out there for Chris Harris. I think from, from, was it his debut again? Or, you know, his first big shot was in that Wales game where he he actually played okay, but, yeah, but yeah, Scotland yeah. got pumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And since then, I think when you've had, like, Hutchinson and, and Jones playing well, but I, I think there's, like, slowly a bit more respect and understanding of what he brings to the game. I just think it's more like, you know, he's just sort of part of it now. People have just part of the furniture. I, yeah. I I disagree. I think that Scotland have changed. Well, the the narrative is that Scotland has changed from that like stupid. We want to play the fastest brand of rugby in the world to let's stop conceding loads and loads of points. And in the Six Nations, for instance, they were they had the best defense. I think. Yeah. Least amount of tries scored. Yeah. And I think there's a begrudging sense that if Scotland want to do that, which makes it more likely to win games. Chris Harris is a big part of that, defensively. I do get that. I guess there's an argument of Chris Harris is sort of the, the pick you do when you... It's more about... Trying not to lose. Trying not to lose, whereas Jones is probably more around trying to go out and win the game. And I get I get that. Yeah. I think there's probably, within that as well, more love for Hutchinson starting at 13 than maybe Jones. Oh, I don't there's th- so much love for like, Hutchinson. I, I don't think Jones is... In the last like year, two years, his career has kind of stagnated. I'd say. Yeah, I, I get, I do get that. I, I still think over the kind of the last four games, Joe, Jones has probably been Glasgow's best attacking threat. Yeah. So it feels like <laughs> you want him to be in that Scotland team in some capacity, and I guess you know if we've decided that he's 
defensively he's just not good enough to play for Scotland, then maybe that utility role is is best. It just it still feels like Jones at thirteen. There's still still some legs there. I, look, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I would love to see like a fully firing Hugh Jones there ahead of Harris. It's just yeah, I, I feel like Townsend doesn't fully trust him in that role. Yeah. I think potentially, and I hold my hand up, I, I just haven't seen enough of Gloucester. I've heard, people, I've heard people say that he's been playing well for Gloucester. I haven't seen enough of him. And I guess I just want to see a bit more an attack from a Scotland 13. Yeah. And because I, I also, I do like Sam Johnson, but even at the same time, I, I don't think he's that amazing in attack. Mm. Like, he, he, can, he kind of trucks it up and he's had it, but he's not, like a game, yeah. I don't know. It's not Hutch- Hutchinson or Jones, right? Yeah, no, no totally. And I, I felt particularly during the World Cup, Scotland's midfield attack was really... Yes. I, too, I, too many set plays that ended in Sam Johnson trucking it up. Yeah, exactly. First phase. Exactly. And then kind of getting turned over. But then yeah. even, but even to that point, you said even in, even in open play, it just felt, A, there wasn't much creativity within that kind of centre grouping. And it also felt like a little bit disjointed. Mm. Um but yeah. Well, so there you go. And it, it is worth saying that Hutchison, when I first saw it, I was like, I can't believe Hutch hasn't made it. But then he is yeah. listed in that group of injured players. With Taylor. With Duncan Taylor as well. And Stain. And Stain. Yeah, Taylor's interesting. I kind of, I wouldn't have been surprised if Taylor sort of like joined that, like Tommy Seymour group of players who said, you know, I've, I've had enough. It's just like... Which yeah. Saracen's going down to the championship as well. Yeah. He's so injury prone. So injury prone. They might when say, he came, oh, what's the point? When he came back, he just did that one, that little flash of that sort yeah. of like smart, skillful player that he is. And then injured next and week. And then injured in like the next play. <laughs> yeah. The, the, um, the only other one we, we didn't speak about was James Lang coming in. Yeah. Which I think it was, was a bit of a surprise. I think it is a bit of a surprise. I don't think he was really sort of taught that much, but he, he has been playing a lot for... There was a piece and... I try not to read too much into what Mark Palmer is writing about in the Sunday Times, but he does seem to get given the, the yeah. plum interviews. And he sort of did a, a random interview with James Lang out of the blue about a month ago. Yeah. And he talked about how much Townsend admired him as a player and things like that. And again, I haven't seen a huge amount of him playing for, for Quinns, but yeah. I understand he has been playing and performing well for them. Yeah. It's probably not. Yeah. I mean, he is playing in like, pretty budget Quinn's team. Yeah. Particularly since the return of the premiership, Quinn's have been pretty rubbish. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't want everything to come back to the sweet prince, but he's been playing in an Edinburgh team that are like better probably than Quinn's. I know haven't been playing well recently, but even him or like George Taylor have have started a lot and made good impressions playing for Edinburgh and are quite similar players to to James Lang, they'd maybe feel a bit hard done by. Mm. It goes without saying that we believe that Chris Dean should be in every Scotland squad, but it's yes. nice to hear it articulated yeah. so, so well. No, it was very beautiful. <laughs> and, and maybe, you know. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Bennett scored a nice try at the weekend. Maybe I think Bennett ahead of Grigg. I don't think there's been that much love for Nick Grigg's selection today. No, I think a lot of that was driven by... Grig over Hutchison before people realised that Hutchison was injured. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think Nick Gregg started both games for Glasgow. Yes, he has. 
Looks in like... really bad condition. <laughs> I just think that's his natural rig. Just think that's his rig. It, he's chunk. He's a wee bit. Ch- he's yeah. yeah like I mean, a he's barrel. always been like a little bowling ball, but like yeah. he is. Yeah, like I honestly just. Uh, is it the cut of the new shirts that then? Yeah, I just think naturally he will always look a bit tubster. I've, I've got the same <laughs> affliction. Tubster. It's, it's tough. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, d- I'm yeah. in unbelievable Nick, and everyone's like, you look terrible. I'm like, mate, come on. <laughs> I but do feel like in a Scotland shirt, we know everything we need to know about Nick, Greg. We know the level that he can play to. Whereas I do feel, you know, with someone like Mark Bennett, like you get him fully fit and firing, you get him into the right system, he could potentially can, can perform yeah. at a slightly higher level. Yeah. I guess going back to that point around, you know, it feels like you could put Grig in against Georgia and he's probably going to be very, pretty solid. Like set up a try, solid, maybe yeah. score one. Um, it was interesting because obviously Bennett, that try Bennett scored uh, against Munster was very like classic Bennett mm. from a few years ago. Yeah, exactly. Which I don't, I don't think he's actually been playing that well. I, I agree that on form, he hasn't been. The, the other name that people always chuck into the mix is Matt Scott. Obviously never got going at Edinburgh's down at mm. Leicester, who are absolutely awful. The thing is, I think last year, when Scott did play, he played like seven or eight games. He was like really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really like, great. And looked so sharp. It's it's just never quite landed for him. I don't know. There's either been injuries or issues with, you know, obviously him His shifting. contract and things like that. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I still I still think he's got a lot to give, for, give to Scotland. I think he just probably, again... You know the issue of him being in that Tigers team and a few injuries last year just means he hasn't had that opportunity to sort of demonstrate. Hmm. Um, Absolutely, I mean, and, but it does illustrate the high quality problems that Scotland have in the midfield at the moment. That we can have these people sort of this weird left th- out. But it's weird though. You're like, oh, we've got loads of options in the field, and then you're like, what's going to starting centre is going to be? Johnson and Harris, and you're like, that's quite budget. <laughs> yeah, like, how did you go from like this position of? We've got all these amazing options to having, generally, I think if you compared it to every other Six Nations centre, we, we would come a pretty clear fifth. Yeah. So I, Quite possibly, yeah. We've kind of got this big bulk of, like, average to good centres. Yeah. But we've not got that much quality. Yeah. And it's quite hard to fit them together, like, fit yeah. everyone together in a... It's not like those peak days of Dunbar and Jones... Dunbar Hugh Jones 2016 is like elite level that, sent. That, that's about as elite as it's been. But yeah. It, yeah, but then a generation. You, yeah, Jones <laughs> against New Zealand and England was both Pete Horn. Yeah, it was Pete Horn. It was also not included in this squad. But I suppose Pete Horn's quite old now. Yeah, he's Are not. The, he's not signed for Glasgow either. So he's he's been on the bench. No, it feels like he probably is shifting into that role as the kind of 10 for Glasgow this year during internationals yeah. and probably bench cover. Kind of Rory Jackson type role. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's finish off and look at the back three um, options and then we can have a look at what we think a starting 15 might come out of this 40. Uh, so Darcy Graham, um, Damien Hoyland, um, Blair Kinghorn, Sean Maitland and uh, Duhan van der Merwe and Stuart Hogg, of course. Um, all names well, and Hugh Jones and well and Hugh Jones <laughs> as an alternate um, James Lang's played some 15 as well yeah he has yeah, yeah. yeah so there's a lot of a lot of options there for the utility backs but um, obviously the big one in there Duhan nice to see him there let's get him capped against Georgia let's rule out any yeah any potential fuck ups now yeah just gotta get it done ASAP <laughs> no do, do you think if Duhan gets caught having three beers the week of the Georgia game do they chuck him out of camp <laughs> The risk here. <laughs> they just sweep it under the rug. Sweep it yeah, under the exactly. rug, being like, we need to get that Finn cap and, on your Finn head. and Duhan are found with six empty cans. <laughs> it's like, fuck! <laughs> um, but no, exci- exciting to see him. Matt, you were talking beforehand about he's sort of by far and away the leader in the Pro 14 for most stats like ev- packages. Every, yeah, I mean, he scored since his debut in the Pro 14, it's like 2016. Uh was it 2016? No. 2018? Well, what is 2017. 2017. 2017. Sorry. Yeah, it's like joint top try scorer in the Pro 14 um, with James Lowe. Like two, like a yeah, class yeah. player. Like most defenders beaten, most meters per carry, clean breaks. But 
by miles. And yeah. even, even at the weekend, like he didn't get much ball, but when he did, like a few of his runs, he, just, he, could, he can just like run through packs as well. It's not just like yeah. beating a small winger opposite him. So I think if, yeah, get him capped as soon as possible. And I actually think Edinburgh in recent weeks, since they've gone through this kind of bad period, have done a pretty good job apart from that first half against Ulster of actually getting him the ball. Yeah. So if you can sort of, you know, work that into the Scotland game plan, then it should be pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah it'd, be, it'd be interesting. I think, you know, two of the three of Duhan, Darcy and Maitland are going to start. It's just, I just wonder whether they, um, who they pitch onto the bench. Cause it's, it's again, it's going back to someone like Rory Sutherland who it's like, you can't really take the shirt off him. Maitland still just plays so well and has yeah. historically, even in the six nations played mm. really, really, been really strong. Do you think Duhan coming through sort of makes Kinghorn now sort of an out-and-out fullback option? Because he's played most of his rugby for Scotland on the wing. Yeah. I mean, I guess you just have Kinghorn in there to sort of cover the back three mm. on the bench. Yeah. And then if, Hog, if Hog's down... Well, there's a good chance that Hog, Hoggy's not going to play the first, possibly not the second game as well. So mm. Yeah. But I guess it's good that you can have Kinghorn on the bench knowing that he can very competently cover a wing and fullback. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, what about um, Tagivi? Not ma- not making the cut after his barnstorming performance for Glasgow yesterday. It does just make you think, like, how did he get called off into the Scotland squad last year? Like, <laughs> he's just been dropped like as soon as they possibly can. <laughs> Puts like, his best performance of it, he was career. good. He was good. To be fair, I mean, that is the he, first he was good under the he... high ball, and he like runs straight <laughs> hard. Yeah. He's a very Good athlete. He's a big bloke. Yeah. 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 I actually am a big fan of Damien Hoyland. Like, I actually think, he, again, he's been a bit unlucky with mm. with injuries and just the kind of the, sort of bit of timing. And I actually think he's actually quite, he's a great runner with the ball. And he can actually, great sort of change of direction. I'm actually quite glad to see him, glad to see him in the squad. Because uh, I think he, you know, when he went on that, especially in that 2017 tour mm. to when they went to sort of Singapore, Australia. Yeah. He started in the Fiji. big win in Sydney, didn't he? Yeah, but mm, when you look back no, at that, he, he that team was wild. He definitely he, started against Italy in yeah, Singapore. Yeah, he scored against Italy, but that that match was, that was, that back three. Well, it was Greed Tonks at 15. Tonks, Rory Hughes and Lee Jones. That was Lee Jones. <laughs> how, how the hell did they beat Australia? Jesus Christ. That How must have been the moment when Australia were like, something is <laughs> sick. Yeah, yeah exactly. Something rotten in the, the state virus. of Denmark here. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, who was in the centres then? Would it have been Duncan Taylor and... Dunbar. It was Dunbar. Dunbar. Finn Just, Price. Yeah. That was peak Taylor. And then you had sort of peak Finn Taylor and Dunbar. Yeah, it was. Yeah. A really strong 10, 12, 13. And that was when Barkley was coming. He got like a it load of turnovers, fun. like on great form. Yeah, yeah, Fagerson. yeah. Well, yeah, that was the sort of like the start of Barkley's sort of like amazing Scotland year. Might be now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it'd be funny to actually, if we, I know we've never done this, but if, it's actually the one, one of the games that'd be quite sweet to do like a, like a retrospective like review of. Yeah. And just be like, what the f- God, I remember to- watching Talks it. in for the try. <laughs> I remember watching it. It was like, it was kicked off at like five in the morning. It was an early start. But do you remember like at one point, Tonks was kind of hanging out in the wing and he must have looked up and it's Israel Falau. Yeah, He's like, all yeah, yeah. oh, right. And Foley puts this uh, cross kick and Falau just does like an it's AFL like, take. It's like, Tonks on his back. Yeah. Like, that actually like, <laughs> do that every single time. <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you doing? I know. He's like an iconic sporting image. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure Greek Tonks is probably tired of looking at it. That <laughs> <laughs> maybe we generous use of the word iconic. It's iconic from making fun of Greek Tonks online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's certainly the like some good meme, image for Good that. memes material. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. So there's your, your, your sort of back three options. So that's that's the squad of 40. Um, so let's pick our strongest 15 out of that. Let's sort of take the mm-hmm. permeations of who's going to be playing the first game. But what do you think the strongest... Scotland starting 15 out of that is. There's only really a couple of massively debatable points. In front row, we're saying Ferguson, Brown, Sutherland to start. Yeah. Yep. So Ferguson is now fully usurped WP Nell as yeah. our starting tight head. Yeah, mm, yeah. Definitely. And then what Ke- Kebble and Nell and McAnally bench. 
seems pretty that's pretty straightforward that's that's the continuing debate is always rambo versus brown but i think brown's definitely had the ascendancy on that one for mcanally did quite well against ulster but yeah you can never like fully write him off Mm. i think he's they've both been just so good in in patches like at various different points in the last couple of years but i think at the moment brown has the the edge and yes into the ra would you keep johnny gray and scott cummings uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, th- Certainly I think Johnny so. Gray, the, yeah. the question uh, mark yeah, is who partners Johnny Gray, nothing else. Cummings, I think has been pretty good first couple of matches. Maybe, is there an argument for, for Skinner? That, that would be the only, oh, well, yeah, another option that could potentially be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, I just think. Although Skinner's not starting for Exeter, it's, it's a hard second row to break into. I just think he offers so much. And he's always yeah. done really well when he played for Scotland. I think he's a really quality operator. Yeah. But very, very true. Cummings has, has done well for Scotland. Scott Cummings was probably one of the players of the Six Nations for Scotland. Yeah. It seems like and an had a reasonable World ago. Cup as well. I think we could probably Skinner's almost certainly going to be in the 23 because he is such a great bench option as well. Yeah. I mean, Gilchrist hasn't been playing that well recently, but I wouldn't be that surprised to see him there. Well, I wonder if you'll have those three. You could have those three, Gilchrist and Skinner. Yeah, And have that's Skinner true. as your back row yeah. cover. Yeah. Um, back row? Watson, Richie, Ferguson. I don't really see who starts at number eight, apart from the, Yeah, I, I think Richie and Watson are obviously... Nailed Richie Watson nailed on, and then it comes to number eight. So your other out-and-out number eights, Cornell Dupree? I just don't see it. No I, way. I guess if it, yeah. Nick think, Haining? I don't I know. Did come out of nowhere to start for Scotland at the beginning of the yeah, Six and he, Nations, and he, and he, he had did, a very... He did was, okay. He had a great first half and then was so tired against Ireland that he didn't do anything. I feel if he'd maybe... I don't know, he has to dislodge Bill Matters, like one of the best players in the world, arguably. Yeah. I think if he kind of used that as a springboard to like really kick on, then I'd be a bit more confident. Yeah. It, it does feel like he was sort of picked as like a bit of a, uh, an emergency measure, mm-hmm. a stopgap rather than... So I, I, I would be pretty happy to see Matt Ferguson there and give him like a decent platform and just, I don't know, like give him a bit of a shot in like a kind of Six Nations type environment and see how he does. No, agreed. I guess the, there was the option of could you could you put Skinner, Richie, and Watson in a back row together? Yeah, I was just going to say that. Who would you put with an eight on their back though? Richie, Richie probably. He's done it before for Edinburgh. Yeah, I think he kind of started his career at eight. It, so it, you just, just like get, just, get the eight best players you can on the yeah. park. It's just when you kind of what that would mean for the rest of the pack, particularly in terms of ball carrying. Mm. Yeah. And that's you, the, you maybe thing. lose something. I guess when you look at that whole pack, thinking about people that would be sort of running off 10 or off nine, even probably Cummings and Watson Ritchie. Yeah. Maybe. Fagerson? Xander? Yeah. yeah. yeah Xander, sorry. Xander yeah. will do a lot of carrying. I don't know. I Ray maybe a bit more. Not, uh, still feels like you need. Someone like Matt Ferguson, who's just a bit more dynamic with the ball. I, I'm just I'm for that balance. Like I think that's yeah. what works best. And I think that where Scotland have struggled, like it seems like quite often after a game, we'll be like we'll say that Scotland team was crying out for a ball carrier. Yeah. So let's give it them. So we're saying we'll say Matt, say give, Richie Watson or Blade Thompson Ferguson, and. I mean, I've just, I've still just never, never been particularly blown away by, by the blade. Me but, neither. But lovely highlights reel though. That is true. I, I think if we're picking a team, I would probably just have Gilchrist and Skinner, as, yeah. the, as the fifth options. Yeah. I think there's almost like a case for Gilchrist. It's just a good experience head to be able to bring on as well. But I thought the, the problem was that he's a terrible leader. We don't actually know that, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Would you think nine, Price? 
feels like price. There was even like two years ago that it felt like there was a bit almost more debate, or even maybe a year ago about whether it was going to be like price horn both for Glasgow, yeah, and then Scotland. But it feels especially for Glasgow now that price is some is sort of cemented himself as the number one. Yeah, kind of by default almost, like kind of more due to like Horn's perceived failings, maybe. Yeah, the fact that he maybe isn't as good at controlling a game as Ali Price. Oh, that's the perception, at least. No, no, no I think... I, I, so think I, I don't right. think... I think that Ali Price, you know, when he burst on the scene, was good because he was sniping, making breaks, yeah. quick taps. And then probably as a natural evolution where it's like, right, that won't work the whole time. You've got to add a few more strings to your bow. But in doing so, he's now kind of become sort of an in-between type of yeah. player. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think but, he almost certainly will start as... Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I don't have a massive problem with him starting. No, no, no. I think Horn is a nice option to have off the bench mm. because of his sort of sniping qualities and his try-scoring record. But it would be, it would like be nice, you know, at, at some point to see Horn given that shot. Yeah. In once, like, like with Ferguson, in sort of like a, a game against a, a heavyweight established yeah. side and see how he does. This is when Tooney just rules the dice and puts Scott Steele at nine in the first game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah, classic it's like, Tom oh. Bowler option. He's just like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this consistent selection. Yeah. Steele pudding nine ten. <laughs> Blows it all up. Premiership experience kicked yeah. to the corners. Absolutely love that. Um, at ten, I think Finn Russell is the number one ten for Scotland. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We do. I guess. Yeah. We do. We talked about it a little bit, but. It's. It just feels like yeah, the narrative just continues on. It's kind of like that's in the past. That we're still talking. We were talking up until a couple of days ago. Mm. We have moved on and we're ready to look forward. Yeah. There's been the one-two punch of both Hoggy and Finn being out a lot more in the media in the last month. Yeah, doing the bit about being excited about getting back in camp and talking about Finn coming in. No, he's back in the squad. It's kind of not even like the main headline in a lot of the stories as well. Yeah. Because it's been, it's been so expected. Yeah. And I think if he hadn't been playing as well as he was, it would maybe be like, ah, oh, you know. I also think that Townsend would have been boxed into the corner. Imagine if Townsend hadn't picked the 10 who had sort of like orchestrated Racing 92's run to the yeah. European Cup final. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid Scotland doesn't have that luxury. I know. So... <laughs> I think Townsend at some stage was always going to have to sort of um, try and build the bridge and he has done so and thank him for that. Centres, I think we're pretty aligned on Sam Johnson and Chris Harris. Yes. If I could push you on an alternate for that, what would you like to see? With the players that are available, I don't really see any other option apart from um, from Johnson at 12, if yeah. really fit. Um, yeah, I and I still, right. I still quite like the idea of Jones at thirteen, but mm. I get that I don't think that's that's going to happen. But they might, well, they might try it. Yeah, and and maybe because Sam Johnson's been injured. Yeah, from a Glasgow perspective. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is this is the thing that I was thinking about. Is obviously you got a week now, but if Sam Johnson starts that Georgia game, that's going to be his first game since the Six Nations. Mm, good point. So I wonder whether he won't start that game. They might get him to play for Glasgow on the 24th and then bring him in for the Wales game. So who would you play at 12 then? Lang? Lang, probably. Mm. I mean, I guess it depends. Do you know, do you, is, it, is it better for Sam Johnson to get game time for Scotland versus Georgia or is it better for him to get game time for Glasgow versus someone in, a, in advance of Scotland v Wales? Probably Glasgow, I'd say. Think? It's quite a, I think it's still quite a big... Do you know there's a difference in intensity? But I know it's only Georgia of a Pro 14 game versus you think an international. That, really? I don't know. I, to be honest, it's probably pretty equal. And I guess it's then, if you want him to play against Wales, do you just play him for Scotland versus Georgia because you get a bit of that, bit, you get mm. more game time and you're kind of getting systems together, etc.? Yeah. Be an interesting call. Yeah, it's going to no, be an interesting yeah, I, one. Yeah, I would like to see Johnson and Jones, but once again, it's kind of have they? I, I don't know how many times they've played together in that combination at, at Glasgow or Scotland. A few times, they've definitely few played times? a few times with Scotland. Okay. Yeah, yeah, hundred mm. percent. And then into the back three, do you think Duhan comes straight in for a start? Yeah, 
It's a good game to start him in, I think, as well. Yeah. I do think that you have Duhan, Darcy, and Hogg. So I love Maitland. Maitland drops back. Yeah. And I don't even think Maitland makes the bench. I think you have a bench of Horn, Hastings, and King Horn. I could, I, I can't, I do agree with you. I could see a situation where Townsend puts Van der Merwe on the bench and yeah. starts Maitland on one of those wings. Yeah. Yeah. And sort of just because Maitland has been so dependable, he's experienced and I, bringing on, it's almost rather have Van der Merwe off the bench than Maitland. 100%. And then drop Kinghorn out of the 23. I think so. I think seeing as Kinghorn now as you said, is probably mainly a fullback mm-hmm. who can cover the back three yeah. wings, sorry, means that you can afford to have, and as I've said before, I think like Graham could play fullback at a push. Yes, and I get, yeah, exactly. I think Maitland could play fullback. Yeah, 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 exactly, sorry. So, so I think, um, yeah, just you, you need to have Vandermeer somewhere, but I think they might be sort of a bit more gradual in how they introduce him. Yeah. It is still a big step up to international rugby, which yeah. he has zero experience in. And if you're like Wales, you probably give it to Bigger and put a bomb on Van der Merwe. Yeah. be like, deal with that. Yeah. Because I don't think he's not, I don't think he's terrible under the high ball, but that's not his strength. And also probably, he's... Probably really happy he's not making his debut like at the Millennium Stadium in yeah. front of like <laughs> 70,000 Welsh people. Yeah. He is also like, he's a flat track bully, right? He's good because he can that, yeah. run over people in the main. Yeah, uh, agreed. I wonder if someone like Wales, I, I don't know, put like a biggish winger opposite him. Might be as Louis Rees Zamet. That would be an interesting matchup. That would be a really interesting match. I mean, he could bully Louis Rees Zamet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Louis Rees Zamet might like go around the outside of him. Yeah. No, it's exciting. It is exciting. Reece Sam is still only 19, still a teenager. Yeah, mate. It's an absolute joke. <laughs> Not fair. But no, it's a pretty good, pretty tasty starting 15, actually. You can put together a nice 15 quite easily, though. Yeah. I do no. still slightly worry about the depth in that squad, as I say, but it's a big squad. It's a big squad. I think in, quite a few injuries. in Townsend answer, he, talk, he talks an awful lot about getting bodies... It's a big squad, largely because they need bodies for training for like the next two weeks. Mm. While Exeter and other teams in the Premiership are still, yeah, yeah, are still in the mix. I wonder how much sort of like isolation they they're going to be in. Like, are they just now in the Orium for like six weeks? They're going into a bubble, yeah, so they're in a bubble. But then I imagine the players who are then going to Glasgow Warriors and Edinburgh and being released are then moving into a separate... I don't know how yeah, they're going to manage that. that. Like a Scottish rugby bubble. <laughs> yeah, just like a full... <laughs> yeah. Every pro is know. in the same bubble. Again, it's, it's just hard, right? Because then I don't know what that means for their respective like families, right? So is every player in Scottish rugby, whether you're Edinburgh, Glasgow, or Scotland, just in a full six-week bubble? <laughs> They've got what? like the whole of the Old Course Hotel and it's just like Scotland <laughs> rugby players. Yeah. And, like wives and girlfriends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And kids. I think some of this, I think I read somewhere that some of the Scotland Sevens players who've been training with Edinburgh and Glasgow in this period have had to like go to Scotston but then train on their own. Yeah. So, yeah, presumably you do kind of keep separate. It's high stakes. The the Central Belt is absolutely teeming with COVID at the moment. Central Belt is teeming. See, Sale ended up with 27 positive cases. Was it 27? Yeah. Like, Like, all it takes is one. One case slipping through that particular net, and Scotland yeah. aren't playing rugby in any of these games. I know. Yeah, I wonder even. And that if, goes for all teams within this, of yeah. course. But I guess the thing is, you know, you might even you could keep that forty. But you can't really keep them in but two bubbles, right? That's an interesting one about assimilation of Exeter players. So the Exeter three come back from the Premiership final. Do they then have to spend a week on their own before they can join the rest of the Scotland bubble? Yeah, I imagine. They'll have to take, obviously, take a test, but yeah. I guess this whole issue is, as you said, is like, it can take like five days till you get like a positive mm. test. So it's like, do they just chill out for a week and, yeah. and all this? It's going to be, I mean, I imagine logistically, it's going to be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. I would be astonished if we get to the end of this international window and there hasn't been an incident. 100%. Or a game, yeah. game games cancelled. called off. Yeah. 
I don't know if you would would you cancel a game because ultimately there is just loads of players ready to come in. It's not like a club where there is like you know Sale actually had forty two players. Yeah, that's like, true. Scotland do have maybe like ninety players they could call on a hundred players. So you're gonna have Gordy Reid's gonna come back. I was, I was, was going to say Marfo. Marfo, yes. <laughs> I would actually love fulfills that. Fulfills his destiny. Like, all of the loose heads just get COVID. <laughs> There's only one Scottish qualified loose head in the whole of like, the, the British Isles. Like Pet- Petrus Duplessis qualifies to Scotland. <laughs> it's like, don't worry, lads, I'm here. <laughs> Greg Tonks, who so I was now coaching the Rams, which is a National League One team. In the UK? Yeah, yeah. Just comes really? out of retirement for the one Rams. final game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, somewhere near Reading. Yeah, fair enough. It's uh but yeah, Greg Tonks back. Greg Tonk, like a back three, Tonks, Jack Cuthbert. Cuthbert. I was going to yeah. say Jack Cuthbert, yeah. Um, Nicky Walker out of retirement. Nicky Walker Nicky out of retirement. Walker. Scott McLeod. Um, Ga- Gary Armstrong pitches up. He's like, don't worry, lads. We're <laughs> working on the farm, yeah. feeling good. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, Gary Armstrong doesn't look great. No, great he's Nick. pretty big. Yeah. Strong, though. I bet he's strong as anything. Oh, he'll be really strong. Mark Dodson at Hooker. Dodson could do a job. I reckon Dodson could do some damage. Yeah. He's going to get stuck in. Yeah. Like the rest of the RC, SOU exec team ain't, aren't bringing that much. John but, Jeffrey. Yeah, John, I'm thinking of John Jeffrey separately. <laughs> Johnny BT senior. I think Jeffrey could murder some people. But uh, Although yeah, to like, be fair, John Jeffrey clearly ain't doing that much work because he is on the <laughs> World Rugby exec board. And obviously we're now uh, going to be in the third group for the World Cup draw. I know. That was Jeff's Cheers, role. JJ. Yeah, I'm blaming JJ <laughs> for that issue. But uh, oh yeah, that's what have we talked about that? I think we maybe did it there. We like, yeah, oh yeah, we did as well. We? I think maybe we did it in the pod where you completely destroyed it and it, it never yeah. got released. It's because yeah. it was after what Matt said. I just thought we couldn't actually release. It's like that. the lost files, like they're going to yeah. be. We're going to release them in like 20 years <laughs> time. The, Schneider. Become oh, no. the Schneider cut. So become a collector's item. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Schneider cut. <laughs> um, well, we've almost I, gone for a whole hour there just talking about 40 I, I'm minutes. I'm going to assume we're not going to chat about Edinburgh Glasgow because Glasgow won and they were quite good. Edinburgh threw it away again. Edinburgh were okay, but threw it away. Glasgow were okay should have won far more comfortably and made Sunday evening far <laughs> less pleasant than it should have been. But we were saying, like, quite enjoyed the 5 p.m. Sunday match. It was good. I wasn't so sure about it. And then it was a nice little. When's the way first to... Monday night game? Don't know. Potentially, I think, in two, I think it is game. in two weeks. I think um, the first game. Because I remember everyone was a bit sniffy about Monday Night Football, but then when it came in, yeah, everyone good. was like, Monday Night like Football is great. Yeah, the, the issue is with Sunday nights and Monday nights is they actually are quite good for the viewer. It's just really shit for the fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for, oh yeah, so people who want to actually attend the... Yeah. Which obviously isn't an issue right now, so... Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. So because it's not an issue, then it is yeah. a good time to have these games. Because as you said, like... Actually, that Sunday night, kind of five till seven, wasn't really anything on. Yeah. It's a bit of a dead time. It's actually quite a good time to kind of get a lot of people engaged. Tough, um, tough day at work, home, Edinburgh versus Zebra. On a Monday. <laughs> on a Monday night. <laughs> turn, it turn it on, crack, turn it off right away. <laughs> crack open a can of no, al- no alcohol tenants, the fluorescent yeah. yeah. blue can. Is that out on... Can you buy that yet? I've, I've seen, it was in my SRU newsletter last week. Was I it? saw it. Personalised? Personalized? Well, hey, Alan. If it was personalized. Hey, Alan, you won't believe what's just happened. <laughs> yeah. We know from your re- from our personalized database that you love tenants. So get True. ready. We've got the exclusive launch of the Scotland squad. No one else has got it. <laughs> Can't believe they got that. I know. What scoop? Yeah, That's Pulitzer Prize winning journalism. Done, but the journalism to get the exclusive interview with Gregor Townsend. Phenomenal. <laughs> right, that is an hour on the Scotland squad. Um, it's exciting. There's a week off of fixtures this weekend. Yeah. And then we're back with Scotland versus Georgia. Um, Cha- Champions Cup final. Champions this Cup, weekend. Champions Cup final this Champions weekend. Final, yeah. Yep. So we do a have a lot of Scottish, Scottish interest, interest in there. And then we'll be back to preview Scotland versus Georgia next week. Why is, why is Finley Christie not your name in the Scotland squad? I know we talk about him every week. He's but... taken down his Scotland flag off his Instagram as Has well. Has he? Yeah. I went on the other day. Yeah. I went on to see if there was any suggestion that 
he was not in New Zealand anymore, <laughs> but he's still in New Zealand. The thing is, a year ago, he was really far away from the yeah. New Zealand squad, and he was like probably getting released by the Hurricanes, mm. like blah blah. And now that he's kind of found this, you know, he was starting for the Blues. He's on kind of the verge. He start of, for that South. Team. I reckon like Ian Foster's probably texted him, yeah, and be like, "Keep doing what you're doing, mate. We've got an eye on you." And then Townsend's like, "Hey, man, do you want to come and be fourth choice?" Scrum half is gone. How old are Aaron Smith and TJ Paranair? Like it must be getting on. They're getting on a wee bit. Yeah, I mean Aaron Smith's like thirty-one. I He's think. still really. I wonder good if. Though. Yeah, I wonder if Aaron Smith seems like the kind of person who might um, get one of those sabbaticals. Yeah, no, in like Japan or something. Maybe not. It's kind of like Japan's just such an easier option for them. Yeah, <laughs> sounds great. You yeah. Play like eight games a year. Yeah, no. Make your no. retire, take your retirement fund, and get then, to yeah. play with Laidlaw. You know, well, yeah, with Iron Man, <laughs> with, with Iron Man, Iron Man. <laughs> right, should we leave it there? Yeah, sounds good. Very, very good. So we will be back next week to talk about Hog and or not and or Hog or Finn winning the Champions Cup, um, and then previewing Scotland versus Georgia. Sounds very good. Exciting. Yeah, exciting. So we will speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.